Welcome to Hope and Harmony. Julie and I are super excited for you to join us for our last podcast of this season and this year and this decade. And we are really excited for our special speaker that we are bringing on here for you today. Julia especially knows her incredibly well. Julia, you want to share a little bit about our speaker today? Sure, yes. I'd like to introduce my cousin, Jen. Um, She's my cousin through marriage, and we really reconnected more this summer when their family came out to visit, and I just truly enjoy the way that they go about life. Um, Jen is a business owner, um, a speaker, an author, and um, she just really um, has a heart for empowering women. And uh, we were talking about, I guess, Jen, I should let you introduce yourself if there's anything else you want to add for us, and then we'll dive into our topic that I'm so excited for. Uh, Well, thank you for having me on. This is really fun. So yeah, you kind of started wrapping it up there. So I am a business owner. I've owned my own business for the past eight years. I am a children's book author. I have gotten over the past couple of years big into speaking. I realized that there is there is an, a need and a craving for women to start lifting each other up. And so I am so happy in our community to be a voice in that area and bringing that to our small little town. And I am a mom of four. So I think awesome. that's also really important to throw in there. So yes. That, that yeah. is an adventure in itself, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> So I asked Jen to um, talk with us, um, maybe share some tips and tricks for starting out this new year and really this new decade. Um, So we're just going to turn it over to her and let her share some of the wisdom that she has. Awesome. (laughs) Well, thank you. So we're going to talk a little bit about, so I wanted to kind of touch on something that we had talked about, Julia, when I was there this summer, and we were talking about essentialism and what that is. And I can just maybe kind of touch on how it really changed my life and how me speaking about it with other women and all that's kind of working. Yes, I would love that. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So right now I know we're huge into the era of minimalist and everyone out there's probably heard of that term before. Uh, so there is a little, there's a difference. So minimalist is really obviously living bare bones and, you know, like the one plate, the one cup, like going right to that. Essentialism is a little bit different. So, and this is why I really linked up with essentialism, even though I don't like to give a lot of labels to things, but it's linking up to what is essential for you and your family to live your ultimate life, oh, right? Like so what feels really true to who you are. And I was feeling, I don't know, I was feeling so disconnected from that. I was really hustling for most of my life um, for all sorts of reasons. And, but even in my home and in the way we showed up, out into the world, our, um, our clothing, our vehicles, everything wasn't lining up any longer. And it was, it just wasn't sitting well with us. And we found, we found it was just really heavy because it, we weren't living true to who we are. Our little family of six, we were really kind of taking on what everyone else was saying 
right? And that's where you get trapped. Mm -hmm. So there's this beautiful quote, um, and I feel terrible. I can't think of who says it right now, but he had said um, that trends exist to make us feel bad about what we don't have. And so when I really started tapping into that, it just, honestly, it's our whole entire family changed the energy in our home, our finances, because we weren't out there trying to keep up with everything. So more like less money was being spent. It was just, it was beautiful. So that's kind of where the transition happened for me. And that's why I linked up with essentialism because it's not just about getting rid of everything in your home and sleeping on a cot on the floor. Like it's nothing like that. It's just what feels good, what feels good for you and your family. And And that's what it comes down to. So also because I own a clothing store, I talk to a lot of women and I'm listening to their stories about what's happening in their home. So I own a consignment store, I should clarify. So women, not only am I talking to a ton of women, they're bringing in a ton of clothing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I always get the apologies of, oh my gosh, there's so much in there with tags on it. So embarrassing. Or it was all such good deals, but I never wore it. And um, so it all, like, I was just hearing it everywhere. Everyone's buying so much. They're not using what they're buying. They feel guilty about what they've bought that they haven't used. Um, And then on top of all of it, they're just like the family units, right? Like family units are getting chaotic. People's finances are getting messed up because they're living far beyond their means because they're trying to keep up with things that maybe don't actually even link up with who they are and what they want in their own lives. So that, I guess, really drawn out way of saying how I kind of came around to essentialism. And once we had really locked down how we wanted to live and had spent a few years really kind of fine tuning it. I started going out and talking about it and teaching it to um, anyone who was kind of willing to listen and seeing how there's different little things that we can change in our own lives that can make huge impacts on the quality of lives that we're living. I love that so much that just even hearing you talk about it just like brings a sense of peace and freedom And I can, I definitely resonate with that, like that guilt that you can feel. So I just love that so much. So what were the first steps that you took or like for someone that's wanting to be more mindful in that way? Like, how do you suggest starting out? Yeah. So I suggest with any changes you're making in your life and especially if you're not just living alone, right? So even if you're, if you're living just with a partner, if you're living with your parents, if you're living with your children, this is going to affect the entire home. So I always suggest family meetings. I suggest family meetings for almost anything because I think communication is key. Yeah. And we put these expectations that people are supposed to read our minds and our kids are just supposed to know what we want. Um, and that also creates a whole other level of chaos. Mm-hmm. But I always suggest a family meeting sitting down and talking about what's working, what's not working, and how letting everyone have a voice, right? So I know for us as parents, we often like to kind of talk for our children. We like them, we like to tell them what they want to wear, what they want to do, how they should act, right? And we really don't give them a lot of power to have a voice. So if the family dynamic's not working in the way that you want it to, 
it's important to sit down and just start by talking. So we all just sat down and we kind of talked about some things that were working in our home and then some areas that weren't. And then we started brainstorming. What were some changes that we wanted to make? And we had a lot. And so you can't do them all. It's incredibly overwhelming. So I, we literally started and we just took three. We took like three ideas that we knew we wanted to work on. Um, for us, it's honestly, it's just all about living intentionally. So there was all sorts of things that we wanted to change from the downsizing of the things in our home, like the actual physical things I had in my house was bonkers. Like, and I'm not even a big, um, I purge all the time and I just had so much stuff. I don't know why I have so many vases, right? Like I don't even hardly use them. So it was not just the downsizing of physical things in our home. Um, it was also our impact on the environment, things that we were doing in our home that we can make some small changes in ways that would make us feel better and more linked up with the planet and what our values were, right? So we started with a few things like that. And then some areas financially that we wanted to see growth in. And what, why weren't we seeing growth in those areas? Where are some leakages that are happening? Where are we maybe um, not focusing where we should be? Things like that. So when we broke it down, there was a couple really simple things. Um, so I'm a pretty ambitious thinker. So, and thank goodness that my husband likes to like climb on board with that because, <laughs> but I love I, that. yeah, so I was like, I want to, um, over the next year, I wanted to downsize all the physical things in our home by 50%. So that was mine because most of that was going to fall onto me. And I knew that, but putting that out there, is also letting your family know what you're doing, right? right? So I knew that over the next year I wanted to, and I gave myself that timeline too, because I work full time. I have a business. I'm a busy author. I'm out, you know, promoting new books. And if you give you unreasonable timelines, you're going to get stressed out. Then you're never going to follow through, right. right? So ours was downsizing our home by 50%. Another area that we wanted to cut down on is our garbage, we had a lot of garbage and we have four kids. That's a lot of lunches. And we were using so much plastic without even thinking about it. Um, so we decided that we were going to eliminate any single use plastic out of our home. Um, and then we decided that we were going to be a lot more mindful of our food consumption. We wasted a lot of food, right? We just, we just did. I don't know. It just wasn't something we thought about. So leftovers would get sitting in the fridge for a long time and then we'd just pop them out and make a new meal. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So those were a couple of areas that we started with. And then once we really got those locked down where they became, they became our lifestyle. Like we weren't thinking about them any longer. And that took, the plastic actually was the hardest one for us because we were just used to wrapping everything up. You wrap up your sandwiches, you wrap up your cheese, you wrap up. So that one took a long time for us. So once we got those locked down that they were lifestyle, then we just picked a few more and then we picked a few more. And then eventually it just, you're always kind of looking at areas that you want to improve on. And that's kind of how we got so neat. Yeah. I love that. So I'm super so curious if you don't mind me asking, since 
you have children, what are the ages of, I would love to know like the ages of your kids and if you implemented them in certain ways. Cause I think, you know, this is yeah. something we talk a lot about when you transition to healthy eating, sometimes it can be very mm-hmm. hard for your kids and they kind of have to slowly go along with you. So I'd love to hear how your, you know, the ages of your kids and how they, how they took this upon themselves. Cause I think it's such an important concept to teach at childhood so that we don't have this generation of, of kids swimming in debt just to keep up with the person on Instagram, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we have a interesting spread. So my oldest is 20 and we teen 12 and that's six. So we're hardcore into every age bracket possible and every hormone level it seems like is happening at the same time in our house. So it was hard. It was admittedly, it was a lot easier for our six-year-olds to get on board because they're just more malleable at that yep. age. They yep. kind of just swing with everything. It was a bit trickier. So this was years ago that we started this. So my boys were in their late teens at this point. Um, and it was the biggest thing that they found tricky, honestly, once again, was the plastic. So they both were working in landscaping and my oldest son still is. And like prepping their lunches every day Mm -hmm. and not using garbage, like not having just throw away one single use garbage happening every day. That was really tricky. And they, um, they kicked back a couple times. It did not. Yeah, but they kudos weren't, to you. They're packing their lunch because most people are out buying. So, hey, that's a great teacher yeah, that you yes. taught them that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. silver lining. Um, so that was a little bit tricky. And so, you know what actually was the, the neat part in the moment that, and this is why I think it's so important for us to realize that we have impact on other people's children especially with teens, mm-hmm. more so than in the home, right? Mom and dad can be doing something and they're like, oh my goodness, this is so annoying. And right. you guys are just weirdos or a bunch of hippies. Like, and that's kind of the vibe I was getting off them. Like they know I'm a, I'm a, a pretty hardcore hippie, but they're like, come on, I just want saran wrap, right? And so it was actually their boss one day. So they um, worked for a fella and they were eating their lunch and the boys had no garbage. It was all in glass containers or other containers and they packed up their lunch and, um, and their boss said something, but does anyone have a bag? I need to put something in a bag. And my boys were like, Nope, we don't use plastic in our house. And he actually turned to them. He's like, you guys don't use any like plastic. And they're like, no, my mom went on this big kick, you know, and whatever. And he was like, that's amazing. And he was impressed by it. And then all of a sudden my boys were like, all right. Validation from a different adult yeah. is super important. It really yeah. is. Especially when it's someone they look up to, right? Like, so admittedly it's a bit of a challenge when you start this late, but it's proof that you can make the changes, right? Like my boys were a lot older when we made huge changes in our home, the girls just kind of climbed along with us. They were younger when this all started. Um, and then there's just ways that you can talk to them about it. Like, I really, I don't, I don't want to preach on this, but I genuinely think that parents just need to talk to their children. Oh, I think it's so like, important. like just 
talk, be honest, be open, say it like it is, right? So it helps that we've always been open like that. And it does help. I have a consignment store. They understand the value of, you know, reduce, re, you know, reuse, recycle. They understand all of that, right? So it wasn't a brand new concept that we brought in. But even when I was talking about it with them and I wanted them to downsize their bedrooms and to really lock in on the things in their room, the books in their room, the what you're looking at every day, like, right? If it's not, and I don't want to use um, Marie Kondo's spark joy, but it actually yeah. is it's quite perfect, right? Because the truth yeah. is, <laughs> if you don't know something in your home to be beautiful or useful, there's no point for it, right? right. So that was where we started talking to them about it. Like, do you even like those books anymore? Mm -hmm. You know, and especially for my 12 year old who's a huge reader and then toys are a big one. And I know, I know a lot of people struggle with this and I, I hear it all the time about getting their kids to purge their toys. But once again, what we did is I gave Harper, our youngest, a box, a nice um, wooden toy box and I said to her, because stuffies are a big one, right? I don't know if your kid, if you have kids, Jennifer, but um, stuffed, yeah, stuffed animals. I have no idea how we had so many. <laughs> I only have one little girl, and I'll tell you what, okay. she, yes, she is not a doll player, but man, we can find animals all over the house. Yes, you know? yes, so yes. I'm and always it's, like, yeah. can we condense this. Please? It's a big one, you know. <laughs> So what I did is I actually just got her a really special box for her room. And I told her that she could fill up that box to the very top with all her, the most specialist things that were just for her that made her really happy. And anything that didn't fit into the box, we were going, we were going to take somewhere else and we were going to say goodbye to them all. We were going to pass them along and we were going to remember that it was about passing on joy to someone else. Mm -hmm. We have so much. We Most know. of us really do have a lot. So we did that. And then the beautiful part was tiny bit of bribery, but kind of not, right? So when it was all done, we got to redo their rooms. So they got to pick their own pink colors. I and, love that, yeah. Right? And so we did. We rearranged their rooms and they felt but you're teaching them amazing. also the, the beauty of accomplishing a goal. And once you accomplish that, then you can reward yourself with, okay, this is something valuable to me. I'm going to accomplish this goal. Then I'm going to wor- reward myself with this, this valuable thing, you know? So yeah. it's not, it wasn't something, you know, I, I love that. And I think that's good for your kids to learn, you know, responsibility and, and continuing to work at something and not giving up. I think that's all great things to teach. Yeah, I think so. And I know like for both of my boys, my oldest had gone off last year to school and is back home now. And my second oldest is, is gone now. And um, they were saying about some of the stuff that we focused on at home, the things that they really kicked back on. So I am big on, I know kids will say they're chores. I like to say I'm empowering them. Mm-hmm. I'm empowering them with the tools that they're going to need later in life. So mm-hmm. all our children do their own laundry. It's really important. There's a lot of life skills that I really want them 
to know how to do. And I genuinely do believe that it's empowering them. Oh, it as absolutely a, is. They don't believe it's, it is until, once again, there's that little bit of validation as a mom when your kids go off and then they give you the feedback that um, my one son had said, you know, nobody that he lives with, he lives with five other guys. And he was like, none of them know how to cook mom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So once again, it was just those little, those little things. Well, that was just important to our family. Right. So, right. So that's where you link up to what is important in your family. And I really want them. I wanted them to be self-sufficient and you can't do that in the late teens, unfortunately, because they kind of tap out in those years. They have jobs, they have girlfriends, they have this, they have, and they're not around as much. So the time that you have with them as they're six and they're 12, when they're kind of trapped and they have no choice, but to spend all this time with (laughs) you before they have cars and all this good stuff. Those are the years that were important to us to really teach those, those life skills and hopefully it serves them well as they go out into the world. It's so funny what you're sharing because I know you don't know our full story. We adopted um, a boy at 14. And so he's been with us for a year and, you know, he came to us. um, He's from Costa Rica. And so the orphanage they were in, he literally was not even allowed to carry the trash out because that's considered child labor. And so he, um, the, the entitlement and serve me has been, uh, quite challenging to overcome here, you know, because our children start doing empowering chores, like you're saying very young. And so everything you're saying is, is so incredibly valuable to me because I've seen it and how important it is and how hard it is to teach a teenager something because it is at those younger years, it is so important. So Oh, what you're saying is, is absolutely beautiful. It's, it's incredibly important to do, or you really have some, some serious makeup work. Yeah. And it's just, and so it's maybe not true for every family. I just know in my home, as the boys got older, it, Mm -hmm. they need you. It's interesting. They need your presence. They like to know that you're home or that you're there, but they do not want you to know that they need you and they don't actually yeah. need you need you. like yeah. it's a totally different vibe yep so my I mean, I'm 16 and my youngest is two so i get your whole gamut of age completely <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes yes so it is really interesting and it is important to to kind of catch it early of course because yes the truth is when they become teenagers there's a lot it's it's a completely different world out there with teens and I do think more mothers need to talk about the teen years because lots of people love talking about the toddler years they do and mm-hmm. a lot of moms don't even have a lot of um a lot of guilt or anything yet about my kids not potty trained and what are you doing to potty train and does yours eat broccoli and those are great things to have like great conversations to have but we stop talking about that around 13 14 when all of a sudden they're sassing back in a way that we're not sure how to Mm -hmm. to handle or Mm -hmm. how do you get your kids to I mean at 17 I had a mom in talking and her son just would not get up in the morning and go to school they're grown men at that point Mm -hmm. how do you deal with that right and these are conversations that I think the guilt and all of a sudden we feel that it's at we wear that really heavy at those ages so we don't talk about it 
And they're the loneliest. In my experience, the teen years were the loneliest years as a mom. And so I had just decided I, someone's got to go first. Someone's got to start having conversations. And so I just started, and I have a great platform because I have a busy store. Um, and I just started talking about everything. I feel like I'm coming on, Julia. I, I sense that we need another podcast about raising <laughs> teenagers. Yes, this is a great one. It is, yeah. truly, because I, I completely agree the teen years are really untalked about and unnavigated water. And especially if it's yeah. your first time navigating that as a mom, um, you don't always feel like you have someone to reach out. So that's why I really wanted to ask you how your children handled this, because this is something yeah. a little bit easier for, um, you know, a mom or a single person, you know, or a, a young married couple, you know, young mom of young mm -hmm. kids, because it's the compliance is, is not really an issue, you know, but um, yeah. this, is, this is a hard concept to teach a teenager, especially one who see, has friends with every new phone, every new device, mm -hmm. every new this, every new that. And then you become this, you know, mom who's prohibiting them from having everything that they want and need. And so I, so I really wanted your, you know, to hear from you how that went, because I think that is, is, is some really important information. Yeah. Well, and I, that's once again, like coming straight down to the conversation, being honest and clear about what you're doing and why you're doing, it doesn't mean that it's still is going to run smooth and they're going to be like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Right, That's wonderful. Right. Let me follow without complaining. Right. <laughs> That's not how that goes, but it's clear. Right. And I think that's what's really important. So when we were talking about the changes we wanted to make, we just talked about why, right. why we wanted to make them. Why is it important to be frugal with your money? Why is it important to always live? Um, I, 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 we're really big um, believers in living well be under, like well under your means. So even as, you know, my husband's career has grown and my career has grown and we have different sources of income coming in, we do not live like we do. Right. We still keep things very, very simple because it, once again, it doesn't link up with who we are. Right. Right. So we're still fixing that crappy car um, because it still works really great and we paid for it cash and it is not beautiful, right? It's not, but it's paid for and it's not a payment. And so it was, it's all of it, right? It's the whole thing of it. And that's where it comes down to, once again, like wrapping this back up with essentialism. What's important to you? When you go to bed at night and, and you're thinking about your day, what made you smile? And also what stressed you out? What are areas in your life that are causing you so much stress? Is it the fact that you can't fit anything into your kid's closet anymore because there's so much clothes in there? Like, that's real. Right. That's valid. That is a stressor that you can actually physically do something about. Your children probably don't need that many clothes. So what can you do? So when you sit quiet with yourself and you think about all the things that you love, but also all the extras that are stressing you out or causing weight on your marriage, which is really hard, right? Like there's a lot of stressors on marriages that people aren't talking about. And some of it 
I don't want to say simple because it's not simple, but our home is that can be a lot of big stress for a lot of families. If you have so much happening in your home and you have so much stuff or your home is always chaotic or no one can ever get caught up on the laundry or there's nowhere to set anything down because your counters are covered in stuff like that's just heavy. That weighs heavy on the family that adds an extra level of chaos in an already chaotic world. Right. And so it was all of it. It's, it's just figuring out what works best for your family and it's not going to look the same as mine. And that's the beauty of essentialism because it's not, it's not to do this, do this, do this. And then everyone's going to do those three steps and it's all going to look the same. It, it won't look the same for any of us. So wow. yeah. thank you so much for sharing. I'm super inspired to implement some of these steps. And even as you were talking about, um, you know, asking those questions to the audience, those I was thinking to myself, hmm, this yeah. would be really good to like journal about every yes. evening, you know, kind of get a, get a feel for it. So, wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing this. I have enjoyed it so much. <laughs> uh, thank you.